did not suffer and die to give me an education to flight, possess, or discourage my people. Because whatsoever education I acquired out of their sacrifice of over 300 years, I shall use for the salvation of the 400 million black people of the world. And the day when I forsake my people, may God Almighty say there shall be no more life for you. I unequivocally rejected the racist assumption of much white American Christianity. Namely, that God had created a black man inferior, and that he had intended Negroes to be a servant class, hues of wood and drawers of water. Well, I predicated my view of man on the doctrine of Imago Dei. All men, regardless of color, are created in the image of God. Now, from this premise follow the equality of all men and the brotherhood of all men. The biblical injunction of Acts 17.26 reminds us that he created of one blood all nations of men that dwell on the face of the earth. I was most interested in brotherhood within his own race. Because if Negroes are created in God's image and Negroes are black, then God must, in some sense, be black. with me and Arthur Navi. If the white man has the idea of a white God, let him worship his God as he desires. We have found a new ideal. Because whilst our God has no color, and yet it is human to see everything through one's own spectacles, and since the white people have seen their God through their white spectacles, we have only now started to see our God through our own. But we believe in the God of Ethiopia, the everlasting God, God of Father, God of Son, God of Holy Ghost, the one God of all ages. For 250 years, we have struggled under the burden and rigors of slavery. We were maimed, we were brutalized, we were ravaged in every way. We are men. We have hopes, we have passions, we have feelings, we have desires just like any other race. The cries raised all over the world of Canada for the Canadians, of America for the Americans, of England for the English, of France for the French, of Germany for the Germans. Do you think it unreasonable that we, the blacks of the world, should raise a cry of Africa for the Africans? <laughs>
I ain't talking about woke as in, oh, I ain't just celebrating 4th of July. I'm talking about woke as in this man know the goddamn struggle we have to go through just to be a successful person in this fucked up ass racist society. That's the woke I'm talking about. Not woke because you saw some shit on social media and decided to jump on the fucking bandwagon. This motherfucker is so woke, I don't even know if he got if he go to fucking sleep. So, without further ado, and my yelling ass, I am going to introduce Arthur Nobby. Hey, baby, how you doing? <laughs> how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was hilarious. That was hilarious. Did so you know what? It's the truth. It's the truth. I don't even know if you sleep. Because at the end of the day, I never see you repeat social media rhetoric. That's what I no. love. You never no, repeat that shit. Because you have your own fucking mind. You are woke. Woke people do not have to repeat something they fucking see online. No, I think that's dangerous. I think it's dangerous repeating, you know, looking at memes. Okay. Sometimes I see articles and stuff like that, and I would want to because it's triggering, right? And so, but I would do my research. And that's the, for me, that's the importance of the internet. Um, this, it, it gives you all of the information necessary to kind of figure out at least 80% of the truth. You just have yeah. to take a few seconds to search. And as I tell people mm-hmm. all the time, Internet is, is – you can do more on the Internet than watch porn and download illegal movies. <laughs> you can you can learn so much. <laughs> like, I've never gone to school. I've never went to school for graphics design. I never went to school to build computers. I've never went to school to – you know, there's so many things I know how to do. I know how to remodel. I know how to build a house. I know how wow. to build a computer from scratch. I know how to uh, do graphics design. I know how to write code. I know how to do all of these different things. And I went to I went to school for accounting, but I didn't go to school for those other things. And to me, my favorite place is YouTube University. I promise you, you YouTube, can learn how to do so much. Everything on YouTube, they have they have you know step by step tutorials on how to do things. So for me, it's like when I see something that's triggering on social media, the mm-hmm. first question I ask is, why? Mm-hmm. Why was this trigger post put up? And then I do mm-hmm. my research. And a lot of times the research don't take long. It take 10 minutes or whatever. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm going to pass that on. I'm going to leave that alone because that's not true. It was filled with propaganda and lies with a little dash of truth in it. So, you know, no, I can't. And then also, too, I was raised by a revolutionary. My mother was a real revolutionary. I'm talking about we left America when I was 10, and I didn't come back when wow. I was 17. Wow. So she, she was that type of revolutionary. I was never raised to be afraid of police. Uh, we, went to, we went to Africa, but while living overseas, lived in a bunch of other different places as well, the Middle East, Europe, all these different nice. places. That's nice. Probably almost every continent on the planet. But so I was never raised. Yes, she did. So I was never raised to be afraid of law enforcement or authority or just white people, period. So a lot of times my demeanor, as I'm very professional, well-spoken, but a lot of times my my, my personality can be off-putting to white people who feel like they're superior. Because I'm not going to hold back and be like, you may think that, but <laughs> you're not. 
and I'm not going <laughs> to hold back, and I'm not going to do, I'm not going to make you feel like that just to do you a favor. I'm not going to do, do you any favors. You, you're not doing None. you no favors. You know, black people, we, we have to, we have to dim our light in order to keep a position or in order to be, you know, accepted. And for me, I feel like black people, we need to stop trying to assimilate. You mm-hmm. can't assimilate. You can't assimilate in a house that wasn't built for you. Nope, you, you can. cannot. And you know what? Can we put a pin in that right quick? Because I got to say something about that right there. And I say it a lot, and I will continue to say it until we get it in our fucking heads. Now, how old are you, Navi? I'm 45. I'll be 46. Okay, I'm 33. Now, your mother was a revolutionary, okay? Your mother more than likely has never done anything to benefit or to, to soothe a white person. She's never dumbed herself down. She's never done anything to gain their acceptance because that's not what she was after. Am I right? Or um, Probably in her younger years before she, um, I guess it kind of like came into the truth, but to be honest with you, even with that whole the revolution and everything, there was still a lot of lies being told even mm-hmm. with that. You know, that's why people ask me, I tell people all the time, I don't have a religious denomination and I don't subscribe to camps and groups and stuff like that. Because right. Everyone but I'm going to ask, I, it's only because uh, growing up, right, um, and, and it's so fucked up to say this, and I, I got to say it, I, I, it's a subject somebody might cringe when I say this, somebody might feel a certain way when I say this, as black people, as our parents, older black parents, because I don't do this, but older black parents when we were younger, the one thing they always would say, and it never hit me until I got older, they will always say, don't embarrass me in front of these white people. <laughs> okay, go ahead. You know what? Yeah, okay. Say, come on now. What they used to say, Nobby? Yeah, they did. My mother never said that. What they used to say? She, she, never, she would tell me don't embarrass her in public. But, you know, um, you know, she, my mom was always outspoken. So she would definitely be like, I don't care what these white people think. Exactly. But that's the point I was getting at. She was not one of those top dancing ass motherfuckers that's going to be, oh, no, not in front of the white people. It's okay in front of the black people and everybody else, but just not in front of those white people. That bothers me. That pisses me the fuck off, Navi. It bothers me. Doesn't that sound, how does that sound to you? If I say that to you, as your, how would that sound to you? What, what, do, you, what do you think I'm telling you when, when I say that? It pisses me off because it has to do with classism in the black community. Because a lot of middle class black parents don't say that to their middle class children. A lot of times you hear that, especially in in family members or people who are impoverished. You know, black people who are you know in the ghetto, absolutely ghetto people. And so a lot of times in black culture, we have this idea that those people, the poor people, the ghetto, are an embarrassment to black people, you know, to the good, hard-working, law-abiding, voting black Mm -hmm. people. And that is is classism. That's basically white supremacy and blackface. Yes. Because the ghetto right now, the streets, is the reason why the NFL and everybody else is folded. 
because I don't see a lot of well-to-do, college-educated motherfuckers out there on the front mm-hmm. line getting tear gas. It's a few of them out there, but they got to do selfies. <laughs> they got to you. pull up. They got to they got to pull up in a in a, a fucking Bentley. They got to get their shine on. But the <laughs> people that's really doing the work. Yeah, the people that's really doing the work, the people that's out there putting their lives on the line, the people that are dying. You know what I'm saying? George Floyd mm-hmm. is not a well-to-do black person. Lamar Aubrey was not a well-to-do black person. Trevon Martin wasn't a well-to-do black person. Michael Brown wasn't a well-to-do black person. The people that are dying in the streets are mm-hmm. will be considered the ghetto. And they mm-hmm. are the same ones that are out here going toe-to-toe while the toe-to-toe. rest of black America is sitting back watching it. Yeah, a, a lot of us, is, you know, we wear the T-shirts and stuff like that, but we're not out there. The streets is out there. And the thing is, is that that's why I love Brother Malcolm X so much, because his goal was to to, to combine the two. The yep. educated, he said come, it all the, time. the streets, you come. We come together because, you know, the middle class and the well-to-do black people, you have the resources, you have the education, you have the ear. And a lot of other side, the ghetto, we got the, we got the manpower, we got the strength, we have the gall, we have the fearlessness to stand up. Together, you can't stop them. But, unfortunately, we socially engineered to not be unified. Mm-hmm. This, might rub pe- this might rub people the wrong way because it has. But I'm going to be honest with you. I don't expect I the black that. people to come together be and be unified until the oppression stops. We're not going to be one. We're not going to be able to you know, stop having gang violence and all this other stuff until the oppression stops. When the oppression stops, then there is no excuse. But right now, how do you expect for the hood to be better when illegal drugs and weapons are on this bill of lading. We don't, I'm talking about there's not a single black person, there's, a, there's not a single black person that manufactures weapons on planet Earth. Mm. We don't own, mm. I hate to sound like Nino Brown, we don't own any poppy fields, we're not growing drugs, he, but somehow, but somehow the hood is, the, is on the bill of lading. The hood is where all of this shit is being shipped to. And we don't mm-hmm. control that. We don't control the flow. So until the oppression stops, until we aren't programmed from birth to hate ourselves, until the education that we're getting in the black community is improved, until our religion isn't detrimental to us, there's no way. How? How do how do we become? We're not going to be together. Witness. We're not going to be able to. We're not going to be able to unify. And the problem, you know, what a real problem comes in, uh, what you said uh, about the the classes and you know those the impoverished and things like that. Uh, and, and if you look at it, unfortunately, that is the part of black people that you can either be proud or ashamed. You feel what I'm saying? It's like you go to a hood, right? Some hoods, you go into a hood. It might be considered, you know, a bad area or whatever the case is. You could walk up in there, everybody outside having a good time. Everybody's talking. They they might be passing each other drink, beers, whatever the fucking case is, right? Somebody comes by, oh, fuck that. This nigga owe me money. Boo, 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 boo. You shoot it up, all of a sudden somebody's fucking dead, right? 
what they want us to believe about that situation right there is that it's, it's okay. And uh, how am I trying to say this? They're trying to make it seem like what's going on as far as the police and things like that, that's okay too. I'm basically saying our our lives as black people, you can either be proud or ashamed or fucking sad. There's no fucking answer to us for whatever fucking reason. So when they look at us, they say, oh, she's hood. You feel what I'm saying? Somebody will look at me and automatically say, I'm hood. I can't talk no other way, Navi. This is what, how I, this is. This is my accent. <laughs> I swear to God. Like, I you can know. clean it up. I can clean it. I can sound, try to sound as proper, but why don't I feel comfortable? Why the do thing I feel is, like is that you, poverty, you, makes, poverty makes people <laughs> rough around the edges. And, you know, in my life, I've experienced a level of poverty that very few people can ever come back from. You know, um, living in Africa for so many years um, and the things that I had to endure, there was a level of poverty that I'm, I'm just being honest with you. And that's why I, for me, I can I can communicate with people that, you know what I'm saying, have money and I can communicate with people who don't because I've right. been on both sides of that coin. So, you know, I don't look down on someone who has a, a rough vernacular or they're rough around the edges. I don't. You know, some of my closest friends, and if, if when they when they listening to this, they'll tell you, some of my closest friends are from the west side. My best friend is from the west side. Rough around the edges. You know, a lot of people are like, why is that your best friend? Because I can trust that motherfucker. And me and him mm-hmm. can vibe together. He may be rough around the edges, and now you know, at my age, I'm more refined, but at the same time, I can revert back to a form of life that most people would not believe I used to live. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's for me, it's, we look at it, you know, we've been taught that it's okay. You know, just like the yep. term black on black crime. That, mm-hmm. that's, that's, not a, that's not a thing. Black it's on black crime, thing. actually what, it, what happened, the history of this was, when they had this whole situation with the war on drugs, it wasn't called black-on-black crime. It was called gang violence because they needed to be able to lock a bunch of black people up because they had privatized the prison institution, and the United States had a contract with these private-owned, these private corporations yep. to keep these, these prisons Give them more time. Fill up the so you can't, you can't arrest a bunch of black people labeling the crimes that they commit as black-on-black crime. You can't, mm-hmm. because how do you tie that with drugs? So you had to call it gang violence. So it was called yep. gang violence. And if people can go back and look at it, the, the late 80s, 90s, it was called gang mm-hmm. violence. It was but nothing but that when you saw the news. All gang violence, it, no matter what happened. Gang, gang violence, gang, that. They, you, never heard, you never heard black-on-black crime. But then nope. once Clinton got out of office <laughs> and Bush took over from him, the agenda changed. And so mm-hmm. now we have to change it from gang violence to black-on-black crime. And a lot of times we look at it from an emotional standpoint. But let's, you know, 
the, the, the whole purpose of remaining a black on black crime, or the main purpose, not the whole purpose, but the main purpose is to take the responsibility of his resolution out of the hands of law enforcement and place it on the shoulders of a community that can't solve it. Black mm. people, we can't solve gang violence. It's, gang nope. violence is organized crime. Let's keep it 100, because mm-hmm. when the Italians was painting the city streets red with their Man, own Italian people's blood, it was called organized crime. And they were doing the same shit that we that black people do in the hood today, selling drugs, illegal activity, illegal yep. arms. Making and it was money. called organized crime. And that's mm-hmm. what it is. Even though in our eyes, because we look at it from a different spectrum, gangs and all, that's organized crime. It's, organ- it's organized because someone has to ship in this shit into the community, slip past all of the customs and law enforcement yep, and everything else like that. They have, to create, they have to Come create a now. distribution system. There has to be some politicians and high-level law enforcement officials in on it to make sure that that shit get in here without any It has to be distributed. The money has to be washed and all of these other things. And you that's organized that? crime. It's organized crime. But when you call it black-on-black crime, it becomes a social thing. And law enforcement can't solve a crime that you label it as if it's a part of our DNA. Because that's basically mm. what you call it. Black-on-black crime is basically saying, because I'm black, I am predisposed to killing mm. another black person. Yeah. So, how do law, so law enforcement can't solve a, a, a hereditary flaw. Mm-hmm. So... They don't have to solve it. The only thing that they're required to do now is oppress and lock up. That's it. Yeah. That's all they're doing. And so they, when you see a police car drive past a corner full of motherfuckers that's selling drugs, we know they're selling drugs. They've been selling drugs on that corner for the last 15 years, and they just yeah. drive past it like ain't shit happening. But then if I don't use see my turn signal... When I don't use my turn signal, you pull me over. And then next thing you know, I'm hanging in a cell dead like Sandra Bland. But you can Mm -hmm. drive past a corner that has been violent for years. People have died on that corner over the past three months. And you drive right past that corner full of motherfuckers selling drugs. Or you're telling me that the cameras in the hood are there to to watch to solve crime, but you ain't solve a single crime. But then if I... But then you could solve other crimes now. Like they went through, Chicago went through a whole slew of investigations to try to figure out if Justice Smollett was lying or not. Man, what? But then someone get killed. Yes, but then someone get killed. A two, a three year old child is killed. Who and done you it? Don't know who did it. But who you got thirty thousand cameras in the worst areas in the city of Chicago that are hmm. operating twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. And you mean to yep. tell me that you can't figure out, okay, the shooting happened here by this camera. The shooter had to either go this way or that way, and we got a camera here. And you follow me. You in the follow middle of the, the city of Chicago. You in the middle of the city of Chicago. You're not going to be doing 120 down in the middle of the city of Chicago because it is a huge congested city. Mm-hmm. So you can follow the trail. They don't care, and they're not required to because it's not all called black-on-black crime. That's And so when I hear people use that term, when we talk about police brutality and violence and stuff like that, what about black-on-black crime? It's not my it's job crazy. to solve gang violence in the black community. That's what the fuck the police are for. Mm-hmm. Black people, we're not trained, we're not licensed, and we're not armed to do it. So we shouldn't be doing it. 
you can deal with it in your home. You can say, hey, don't son, don't go out there, don't sell drugs. But how does a parent stop their child from doing it when as soon as they walk out the door, there it is? Yes. If they actually want to be able to go to school and not get their ass whooped to kill, they got to associate with something. Yeah. How do you stop And that's the that? most fucked up part about it. We can we can have a father in every household in United in, in Black America, and it still won't change it because we don't control the flow of drugs. You can't control and what your weapons. kids do in the street. We we don't control that flow, and because we are oppressed. We don't have the same type of opportunities that everyone else has around us. So a lot of times that drug life, even though it may only last a few years, look much better than being broke for the rest of your life. If I had three good years of balling, I'll take that than being 80, being broke. Mm-hmm. Just, and fast money really always look better. And the sad yeah. part, you know, like, you know, I'm from D.C., okay? And everybody, <laughs> if they don't know... Motherfuckers in D.C., anybody who's been locked up or know people in D.C. know D.C. gets fucking money when it comes to the drugs. D.C. know how to make some fucking money. D.C. DC pump the fuck out of them corners. Do you hear me? And the fact that motherfuckers in California know how niggas and come to D.C. to see how they fucking moving motherfucking weight and shit, it's a small fucking city, okay? The police are in on everything, and I don't give a fuck who I'm saying it. I know police who are in on shit on them fucking corners, okay? Handing off fucking money to fucking police so they can go ahead and keep pumping. They see the shit. Just like you said, they know it's fucking there. They're benefiting from it. The worst thing they could have did was put them fucking body cam video on them. That stopped their motherfucking money flow right there. And the crazy part about it is they act like they don't know this shit. Other police, the fucking chiefs, the lieutenant, they act like they don't know what the fuck is going on. They all know what's going on. They all know what's going on. I've seen this shit. I've seen this bitches. I've seen females get their fucking teeth knocked out by male fucking police and lie. The male fucking police will lie and say they attacked them when they really was just mad because the girl said something slick. I see. You know, that's, that's oppression. That's, that's exactly what it is. That's oppression. And you They're have to look pretty. at it like for the black white people that are upset about Black Lives Matter, you have to understand just how horrible these people are when they, like what you're saying is happening. That's happening. Yeah. They know this is happening. They see it on camera now. It's not like it's hitting anymore, and they still have a problem with us having Phil. a problem with it. Phil, this is so a mild I, version. Nobby, this is a mild fucking version on these cameras of what the fuck really was going on before they put them fucking cameras on these folks. I promise you. i seen some real shit with these fucking police, and you can't even fucking defend yourself because they believe them right the fuck away. And that's how it's supposed to be. That's, I come from a family military personnel and police officers. Full disclosure. My father was a police officer for 30 plus years. I have uncles, aunties, close friends. You know, my father tried to get me. It's funny. This story, my father came to me and my little brother and was like, maybe you, y'all, maybe you and your brother could, you know, become police officers. Then he looked at us because, you know, me and my little brother, we basically have the same mindset when it comes to 
social injustice and stuff. And he was like, you know what, never mind, because he already knew. I told him, I said, if I become a police officer, they're going to hate me because I'm snitching on everybody. If I'm sitting in the car with you and you start calling my people porch monkeys, I don't care if you're driving, I'm punching you in your throat. I'm I'm not that type of of black man that's going to sit back there, well, you know, I got to have this job. You know, here's the thing, you know, when police officers talk about, the thing is, you know, they don't have to be white. You know, they don't have to be black. They don't have to be white. The thing is, we could say, you know, violence doesn't work. And and I understand that. No, it works. It does. I understand that. We're the only people on the planet that keep talking about turning the other cheek. (laughs) Nobody else is turning the other cheek. Nobody else on planet Earth is turning the other cheek. Nobody. Listen. No, nobody else. Uh, and that's why I said earlier, our brand of Christianity, our brand of, it's it, not just Christianity, our brand of Islam, our brand of Christianity, our brand of Catholicism, our brand of Judaism, it's all oppressive. It's all oppressive. It is not the same type of Islam or Judaism or Christianity or Catholicism that everyone else in the world practices. And so nope. while everyone else in the world is talking about get your harvest today, you can have your kingdom on earth, and you can have your kingdom in heaven, we're walking around here talking about waiting for it in a great by and by. That puts yeah. us at a disadvantage. That, that puts us at a disadvantage up front because we're always waiting for somebody else to give to us whatever, what is rightfully ours. You know, your success, black people's, and his, and I'm still proud of black people with all of the drugs and everything else because we've only really been free on paper for a little over 65 years. Right. Because the fucking what? 50, look where 50, we 55, are. 57? Yeah, look where we yeah. are right now. You know, we've had, look at the Asians been here long as we have, the Hispanics have been here long as we have, and we've had a black president. I don't care how you feel about Obama. Yeah. He didn't do nothing for black people and all of that stuff. He was there. <sighs> and he had a black wife from the south side of Chicago who was probably about as hood as it can ever be. She was cultured. She was well-spoken. But Michelle didn't come from money. And Obama didn't come from money. They were probably the first people. It's probably they just think about it. They came from nothing. Nothing. And they built their way all the way up. Well, now you could say that, that that he was a part of the establishment and all this other stuff. But the thing is, is that people don't understand politics. They don't even understand don't. the country they live in. They you don't. know, Obama is not going to solve Trump. Obama or Clinton, none of them are going to solve police brutality, your wage disparity, and any of that. Because it is impossible to prove that you're getting paid less because your boss is racist. They're Mm -hmm. just going to say that's the pay rate that we're giving you because of how you interviewed. We have a – that's why it's it's illegal to know how what else someone else is making. So I can't go to my coworker and be like, hey, how much money are you making an hour for the same position that I'm working? They can't tell you that because then Mm -hmm. they'll lose their jobs. So if someone asks, why are you paying, you know, Navi $25 an hour and he's a supervisor, but you're paying the person that he's supervising as white $35 an hour? Mm -hmm. You can't ask that question. And if you do, if that question comes up, you're like, well, the pay scale for this position was 
five to eighty-five thousand dollars a year. And according to how he interviewed, we figured he deserved the fifty-five. They can say how thing because how you know yes my credentials are impressive my resume is impressive but the verbal interaction was not impressive and how do you prove that because most interviews aren't recorded so you right. can't really say that this person interviewed better than everyone else yeah so the 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 problem is that we we you know where we are right now in America. No other people will be able to be where we are right now mm-hmm. in the short span of time. You were 400 plus years in arrears. You got to think of a 300 and three, oh, close to 300 years. We made no income. We were free. After we were free, we weren't given any stimulus package, weren't given anything. Nope. We would have to leave Nothing. those plantations and we had to make it work. And we never had the opportunity of how to make money, how to manage money, how to run nope. a business, how to, you know, anything. We just had the skills from our hands, from working mm-hmm. those lands and building I mean, their they homes. Gave, the crazy part is we are the only ones who have gotten nothing. Like, exactly. we, we didn't even get a Baby, they give us the fuck yous all day. We didn't even get a sorry, honey. We ain't get a goddamn good job. Not we ain't get shit. And, and they with the with the with with the straight face, with the fucking straight face, Navi have the nerve, the fucking balls to pretend to act like if they don't understand why we're frustrated with these motherfuckers. They, they know why we're frustrated. And act like we have nothing to be upset. Well, slavery was a long time ago. Bitch, my mother. You talking about slavery? Let's talk about fucking civil rights. My mother only motherfucking 54 years old. We I'm just saying my that, grandmother is still alive. Yeah, we have parents like, that couldn't drink from the same fountain and they're still alive. What are you talking about? My grandmother couldn't even get her food from the fucking front of the fucking establishment. My grandmother literally had to work. My grandmother washed people's shit in their food. And you know what never, you know what I, let me tell you what upsets me so bad. Um, People get mad at me. I know people don't like when I say shit like this, but for me, for me, I'm not saying nobody else has to think like this, Navi. I'm just saying, for me, why the fuck would you want to eat with these people? Why? I understand you wanted your rights. I understand you wanted to feel normal. You wanted to feel they made us feel inhuman. They made us feel like we didn't belong. For me, in my mind, why would you want to belong to people like this? Because that's all we know. That's all we fucking know, the fucking slave mentality, man. And the fucked up part is like we want to be equal. I get that. We ain't got to sit with, man, look. Man, look, my grandmother. Let me tell you, if you, I'm a firm believer, I'm a firm believer. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, you could. I'm saying because it no, upsets me. It upsets me because they know these people were spitting in their food, but you still pay for it. You still got it. Like you had no choice. You really still took that shit. Like it just upsets me. You know what I'm saying? How much we have went through. That's not that fucking long ago. Y'all motherfuckers have We have to stop expecting. Look, we have to stop trying to get validation 
Please. from white people. Please. Please. We but they're not going to ever validate us. They're not. The they're fuck? not. They're not social. They're not socially engineered to be that way. Here's the thing: Germany, after the Holocaust, they knew that they had to pay reparations to the Jews, which is going to come out of the Germans' pockets for mm-hmm. decades to come. They're still paying Jews reparations yep. for the Holocaust. For this fucking day. But, but they knew that they couldn't repeat the Holocaust. And if they were to give reparations to the Jews without changing the mindset of the people, it would be worse. Those reparations would be a curse to the Jews more than a blessing of trying to be, you know, of restitution for their lives taken and their wealth being taken. So what did Germany do? Germany issued an official apology. Then they built national monuments and they created national holidays where everyone is off work and they can take this day and visit one of these monuments dedicated Mm -hmm. to the, the people who lost their lives and the survivors of the Holocaust. We're sorry. Now, I lived in Israel for five years. I can oh, tell wow. you that they're, they're still paying reparations. Mercedes-Benz, which is a German-made car, are taxis. You, you're driving an S-Class in Israel, you're not a baller. They, it's, a Mercedes ain't nothing because they're given to them. It's here to help mm. pay for this bill. But you see, you have some German people who feel a certain kind of way about still paying reparations because they weren't alive during that time, like white people say here. But because there is a, there is a majority consensus that we were wrong and we're sorry and we need to pay for this. So therefore, you know, to you know, you can't be a Nazi in Germany. You follow what I'm saying? Those type of activities is a felony. It's not a misdemeanor. It's you're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna go through a whole grand jury type of situation. We saw you, you're going to jail. Period. It's a wrap. And you see, that never happened here. Right. It never happened in America. What happened was once the slaves were freed, the people began to be socially engineered to despise it. Right? Mm-hmm. They hated the idea of being free. They blame they blame the fall of the Confederate on black people. You know, they they feel like the Civil War was our fault because why do we want to be free, right? <laughs> These are the types of things, and they don't they don't they they they've never they never reeducated the population to have the right. remorse. And I'm all for reparations. I am, but until. The national mindset of this country is changed. Reparations mm-hmm. will be a curse for us. Look what they're doing to us while we're jogging, driving, right. eating tea and Skittles. Can you imagine what they would do to us if each African-American person got a million dollars and they saw you shopping? Man, they hate to see it. Baby, let me tell they you something. Were, they okay? hate to see us <laughs> bird watching. They, they hate, hate to see to us barbecuing. See can you imagine if we all got a million dollars apiece and we riding around and we walk into a dealership and we want to buy a car cash? You actually they think the they're, going to, they're not going to sell it to us or they're going to charge us more? That escalated yeah, $55,000, but for niggas, it's 65 mm-hmm. you know And I believe saying? that 
I believe that happens a lot. You know what I mean? Just like back in the day. I believe that they do raise the prices for us if it's not set prices in store. And I believe that they, they you know what I mean, we get a harder, they, they go harder on us. They Let me tell you yeah. something. We went to, uh, you know, what? Uh, of course, uh, Baskin and Robbins ice cream, right? So me and my mother, we took the kids to Six Flags. So we went to Baskin Robbins after because the kids wanted some ice cream. So we go in there. Every time my mother said what item she wanted, the guy was like, um, it's seven ninety three. Is that okay? It's $6. Is that okay? Every single time. And she said, why do you keep asking me that? She said, what is wrong with you? She said, why do you keep asking me? Is the price okay? Did I blink? I could see the prices on the truck. Like, they right there. And he was like, oh, I'm just asking because sometimes people come in and they get upset. Da, da, da. And she said, well, I'm not those people, so I live in a mansion right here in Beachtree. I, I, have more, I can buy this place if I wanted to. My mother said that to him. And he, well, and you don't have to get upset. No, why are you doing that? And then the white person, it was a white woman, and um, uh, I want to say she was like Middle Eastern or something like that who came in after he didn't do that to them. When I, my kids sat there and ate their Sundays, he didn't do that to them. Yeah. I'm trying to yeah. figure out why the fuck he thought he – I left a review. Like, I don't know. I got to go find it. I'll send it to you. I'm trying to figure out why the fuck you thought that was necessary. What makes you think yeah. that if, if it was $20, we couldn't fucking pay for it? Because or we couldn't afford we it? Can't. In their eyes, we can't. It's, That's it's, amazing it's, to me. Yeah, it's a sad state of affairs. But again, like I said, we, we like <laughs> COVID nineteen. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen. This is <laughs> why I have zero respect for the woke community. Say it, please. Come Period. on, I'm waiting for. It. I'm receiving because it. I'm <laughs> Here's the thing. You can't be woke if you're not educated. And I'm not talking about traditionally educated. I'm not talking about having a college degree. Yeah, not that fiction shit. I'm not talking nope, about not I'm talking about nope. if you want to have a voice about something, especially as detrimental as what we're going through right now, you need to do your research. Do your research. Go back in time to find out, is this the first time this happened? Hmm. Because... What's happening today happened during the Spanish so many flu. Times. Now, here's the history of this. It's called the Spanish flu. But guess where the first case was? Kansas City. Huh. Yes, Kansas in the United States. We spread it. We spread it, the Spanish flu. The only reason why it's called the Spanish flu is because Spain was the only country willing to cover it in their media. Every other country in the world refused to cover the Spanish flu because they didn't want the world to know how bad it was because it would have ruined the war effort and the money people were making when they were building weapons for World War One. So the same shit that we hear today, the exact same rhetoric, it's just like the flu. It's just the flu. They said the exact same shit back then. It's just yep. the flu. And the first wave happened, it only affected older people and people with pre-existing conditions. I'm not making this up. You can look it up. What happened was they started convincing people that it wasn't nothing. And then when the second wave hit, 
that Spanish flu had mutated because it had been allowed to merge with other viruses that have been in people's bodies. It became airborne, and people started spreading it. Everyone's makeup is different. Everyone's body is different. And how viruses work is the strongest survive. So if you got the flu, but COVID is more powerful than the flu, the flu and COVID going to have to coexist. So now you yeah. have a COVID with flu traits in it. You have COVID mm-hmm. with pneumonia traits in it. You have COVID with any other virus traits in it. So now when the second wave hit, people were bleeding out in 24 hours. Mm. Everybody was dying. The month of October in the United States, 200,000 motherfuckers died in a month. Not infected. Died in a month. Bled out in 24 hours. You didn't have 14 days of incubation. You bled out and you died. This was 1918. Are we still talking about a new world order? Are we still talking about five This is why I lose respect for the woke community because I swear you to can't God. be woke if you don't know your history. And I'm not talking about your black history, it. world history, because we didn't have the technology back in 1918 to pull some shit off like this. No, nope. China had nothing to do with this. No, nope. it started in Kansas. It started in Kansas. With soldiers, U.S. soldiers spread the Spanish flu, and they call it Spanish flu as a dig on Spain because Spain was the only country that had the balls to tell the people the truth. So now throughout history, it's called the Spanish flu, although it originated from America. In America. You know fucked up that is? That is real fucked up, and that's why they're trying to call this motherfucking corona the China flu. Yeah, the like, China virus, Kung flu. But the thing they don't see how racist. How can, I, how can they, honestly, I mean, and it's like I can't keep saying how can they not because they do. They see it. It's racist. It, why are you doing that? I saw an Australian Navi. In Australia, they spitting on these Chinese girls, little teenagers, spitting on them, these two fucking white girls or whatever, spitting on them, you sit, you take that shit somewhere else, blah, blah. That is the type of shit is dangerous for a president to go on TV. World news. He will always be world news because he is the president. The fucking problem is is that the world is seeing this man talk this shit. They're taking his word for, you know what I mean? Everything, just like when they said black people were getting it. You see what they did in China over there to black people? Uh-huh. I'm just saying, yeah. like, when I have a problem with black people saying, like, well, you know, since they did us like this in China, we're going to do them like this in America. And my thing but is, they did it uh, like that in Africa. Did you see what they were doing in South yeah, Africa? Yeah, they Africa? put them out. Well, you see, I agree with that. I agree with them putting them out. I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Get them out. If, if you're doing this to our people in your country. Then put them out. Yeah. Yeah. I don't agree with... Uh, Doing here's the thing, I believe in God. I don't do religion, but I believe in karma or the law of relativity. I believe in justice, but you cannot demand justice if you're going to do the same shit. Yep. Through malice, it's one thing to do something as a as as 
as a as a re, as a response. So, like, if you're putting my people out on the streets in China, that's what I said. Come on, y'all. You're guess you're guessing my country. Your people has to leave, and then we yeah, can work this I... out on the political side of the game. But I wouldn't want for people to start getting killed. Like you're doing the exact, you're going to do the exact same thing that the Chinese people did to your people, but you're complaining yep. that it's wrong. Then you turn around and do the exact same wrong thing. You know, and you're not doing it because it's something that you have to do. You're doing it as as something that you, you feel like you, sh- you want to do because you want to be petty. Yeah. You're not going to get the justice that you're looking for when you do that. No. Nope. You know, and I, again, I believe that if you punch, if, I believe if you punch me in my eye, I'm gonna punch you in your eye too. Right back. That's I'm what not, I said. But come on, y'all. Gonna, do what you gotta do over there because I agree. Like, don't do that. But if you punch me in my eye, I'm not gonna turn around and rape your wife. Right. That's you know the fuck is that? And that's I don't agree with that. But. Mm-mm. You know, like what they were doing to people here, you know, Asian people. I don't agree with that. Despite what they were doing in China, I don't agree with that because you shouldn't be spitting on children, Mm-mm. right? And like same thing, like people say, like Hispanic people, a lot of them are racist. They don't like black people, so I don't give a fuck about their kids in cages. Yo, kids in cages, no. kids in cages. It don't matter if they're black kids or Hispanic kids because it don't matter. That those, kid is disgusting. Those children in cages. Fuck could be your child in cage later. Yes. Something that you accept today will become the norm tomorrow. Mm-hmm. That's and disgusting that's just, that shit. I had an argument yeah, like, with somebody about it, and they, they agree, talking about some, well, they shouldn't have came over here illegally, and I was so fucking mad because, bruh, like, come on, man. That ain't right. Like, I don't give a fuck you, how they came over here. You don't put no fucking kid in no goddamn yeah. jail cell. You don't sexually assault no fucking kid. You don't do none of that shit. I don't give a – put them with their fucking parents. You're going to send their parents away back to the country and keep their fucking children, kidnapping their fucking children? Man, come on, man. I'm sorry. I don't give a fuck what nobody got to say. I don't give a fuck how they got here. Ain't no way them kids need to be treated the way they fucking be treated. No, they're not. But you see, that's, that's, that's who we are. We, a lot of us want to be – we don't want to be free. We want to be masters. And – we want Ooh. a lot of people Ooh. teach this this thing about being next in line. You know, we want to rule. You know, and you're we're never going to be free if we want to be masters because we're not going to mm-hmm. be fighting for freedom. We're going to be fighting for our place at the table. Yeah, and the table ain't for us. This table is not for us. You know, we have to. And a lot of people say, well, you know, let them give us our own section of the country. Let them give us our own state. Listen. We had our own places, and they came and burned mm-hmm. them down. They burned them. I'm far, I'm a firm believer in if we really want to be at peace and to excel, we can't stay here. I know we put a lot into this country. I know we did a lot. We sacrificed a lot. We did so much. But right now, at this point in time in history, for this country, we can't. If we want black lives to matter, if we want to stop being treated like second-class citizens, if we want our black dollars to be valued inside the black community more than it's valued anywhere else, it's not going to happen here right now. It's too soon. Mm -hmm. 60-plus years after 400-plus years 
of oppression and slavery, and now you want people to be okay with sharing equal space with something that people that they consider cattle. You're mm-hmm. being up, you're being up to. You're not being realistic. And what, that's what why I don't understand why people feel shocked at this shit. It's nothing, you know what I mean? Like, how are you surprised that there are races in the world? It's disgusting. And the sad part is that I'm not shocked. I'm just disgusted. You know what I mean? Like, after all these years, you still cannot tell me why you don't like me. Now we're ghetto. You know what the funny part is? Look at all the stages of black people that they have for us. <laughs> they got so many stages. You find a they're, Huh, their stages, right, are the problems, are the reasons they hate us, right? When we first got here as slaves, what did they hate us for? Oh, black. They hated us because we didn't want to be here. They hated us because we tried to fight and get the fuck home. The first slave the slaves for harder than any fucking idea. Them motherfuckers was killed killed in every goddamn thing. Because they didn't know you're not I'm not your fucking property. And you know how they gain the fear. You already know I know you know. It ain't like I'm telling you nothing new. They gain, you know, the subservatory you know, the the subservatory from the other ones because they would kill them in front of each other. Of course it's like no, before we even get you on this boat, let me show you what I can do before you think you can do something. And then they had the ones jumping off the boat. I would have been one of the ones fucking jumping in the ocean because you're not going to treat me. I can say that, you know, and I know people always say, I would have did this, I would have did that. But I would like to believe, Navi, that I would be the same person back then that I am now. now. I like to believe that. Yeah, and I would too, but you have to understand that they they had our children. Right. They had our wives. They had our children. They had our wives. Uh, they had them hostage. They used so, fear. You know, yes, they did because, you know, you have to under living in Africa. I learned that family is everything. Protection of family is everything, especially for African women. It's everything. It is everything. So if you're sitting there and they're telling you that if you don't do such and such and such, we're going to kill your baby, we're going to kill mm-hmm. your husband, we're going to kill your wife. Yeah. A lot of times, a lot of people don't have the, sh- the inner strength to watch their loved ones be murdered. Yeah. And and to be honest with you, how many of us have, well, some of us have, and I don't call it strength, I call it weakness. Some of us are weak to where we don't give a shit about nobody just as long as we can come up in the world. You know, mm-hmm. that's why we have the Candace Owens and, and yep. those type of people who, who, who Don't take Don't get me started on that thing, baby. Yeah, she, she, she's, something, she's something special. But, you know, a lot of people that are like her, you know, Candace Owens, Kanye West, you know, those two those two ladies that had the radio show. Dominant, too. Um, yeah, Don, those people, they're, they're not, they are, they, they're, they're making money. They're making more money now than they've ever made in their lives. Mm-hmm. And so they're just, they're just, they're, you know, they're taking advantage at our expense. At, you know, taking advantage of white people's racism, you know, because once Trump is no longer president, they'll disappear into the wind. They'll go off into obscurity because yep. the money 
the running train is going to dry up. And, you know, people like that, they use a little bit of truth and then they apply it to all. You know, like Candy mm-hmm. Owens, you know, black people celebrate, you know, uh, uh, criminals and stuff like that. That's not true. You know, we don't we don't have a holiday for criminals, right? Mm-hmm. But yes, some of us are criminals, but not all of us are criminals. And so, you know, but she'll say, you know, criminal, 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 criminal. But you know, you know, so you take a little bit, you take a little bit of the truth, which is which is obscure, and that's what propaganda is. You take a little bit it's of propaganda, a little truth. That's exactly what it you is. You drop it in. You drop it in with a bunch of lies. So that's something mm-hmm. people can look at it and be you know like, what I oh, find, you, know what uh, you know what I find? And I'm going to take a, a line from my man, <laughs> Jack Nicholson from Anger Management. You know what I find particularly peccant? <laughs> <laughs> it's the what fact that we have, uh, okay, you know how she said we, we uh, idolize criminals and, you know, all this other shit and blah, 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 blah. Okay, but let's take a look on the other side, okay? Top movies. What are a few top movies in the white community that you would consider to be classic? I would say movies like Scarface, The Godfather. I would say movies like Goodfellas, movies like that. I'm just saying, Carlito's Way. And then my thing is, do you see any black people in those? I mean, am I tripping? Not in not in a uh, not in in a position where they're they're making not not you know. not not a position where they're being glorified. Are we are we am I tripping or something? Because at the end of the fucking day, they people looking up to those characters. People love those fucking movies. People say, oh, he gonna go out like how uh, Tony Montana went out. You see it in certain comments. All kinds of shit. Being glorified. You see how he set at the table? It's, you see Scarface. You still see these movies. Godfather being portrayed, being idolized in more white movies. Now, I mean, they did it. I mean, the black and white movies had those gangster movies with the guy at the end. I'm on top of the How many police officers were killed in that come movie? On. No. He was killing. Yeah, blue lives didn't matter in that movie. He killed a lot. Do you want to go super duper deep real quick? Because I'm about to fuck them up real quick. You got a motherfucking eight-year-old child, a little white boy, abandoned by his family at home. They did not know this child went on a motherfucking airplane, (laughs) was not on the fucking airplane in part one at least. They left their child at home. This little boy's favorite movie was a gangster movie called Rubbish. I mean, he said it, it was called, uh, what was it called? He called it Rubbish, but uh, his favorite fucking movie was a gangster movie with a dude shot up the lady and all this other shit. But that's a classic family movie. Why is that part funny? When she, he lit up a motherfucking woman with an AK, I'm just saying, with a Tommy gun. My problem with that is y'all glorifying unfit mothers if you want to talk some real shit. These people well, left their mother. Well, just the mom. Movies. It was the daddy, too. Daddy the left daddy. his monkey ass at the house, too. I'm just saying, and if we want to talk about if we want to get stupid, because to me, her saying that we're glorifying gangsters because we're talking about a man being murdered, 
We're glorifying the gangster. Let's talk about what the fuck they're showing their kids and glorifying. Let's talk about that. And you showing that from the motherfucking late 80s all the way up until now when we showing our kids that shit too. Oh, it's okay to leave y'all in the house. It's a funny movie. Everybody loves Home Alone. But then people was unfit. Those was the worst fucking parents I've ever seen in my goddamn life. And they came back, you know, saying they was uh-uh. But you know what I was getting to. I don't know if you knew what I was getting to that yet, though. Because I said that you want to get deep. Because at the end of the motherfucking day, they did not take that little boy away. But they took that girl kids away for having them in the car while she went to a job interview. I'm just saying. They wrote well, they locked that woman way. up. They locked the woman up because she wanted to put her kids in a better school district. I mean, they what, what better, what better, it. what better display from being a good parent than to do whatever you need to do to make sure that your kids are not in a violent school district? Right, but y'all I mean, write what, a what movie when it's okay to abandon your children and just the fuck. That's because we're not supposed to have access. And that's why I, I firmly believe that we we have to just cut our losses and leave. We I have to stop participating. We have to stop participating. If we're going to stay, we have to stop participating in our own oppression. And, and let me say something. This is why corporate America and everyone else has jumped on the Black Lives Matter bandwagon. COVID-19, COVID-19, as horrible as it is, has also been an eye-opener for black America. See, we're not shopping like we used to. The economy has frozen, and they want to reopen this motherfucker. But this economy cannot open until black people are out here spending money. We are the largest mm-hmm. consumer group on planet Earth. Our dollar only stays in the black community for six hours, and then it's gone. No other country on the planet has that type of consumer group. No other country. So if, in order for this economy to jumpstart, 50 million people in it has to start shopping and letting their money go out. But you see, now black people are like, no, we don't want to participate. They're afraid that we're not going to participate in this social construct anymore. And because we have been going through three months, four months of not being able to spend this money, we've been holding on to this money, right? Because, you know, we're not taking vacation. You, what the fuck you going to the store to buy a bunch of clothes when you got to sit in the crib? You understand what I'm saying? So we're not shopping mm-hmm. like we used to. Yeah, you see the long lines with the new Jordans and stuff, but let me tell you something. If COVID wasn't here, those lines would have been three times as long. They're exactly. not spending money, and they nope. are afraid. This economy right now cannot take 24 hours of us not of us not spending money. So mm-hmm. it's like, if, if we don't get these niggas to participate in this economy again, we're dead. And that's why Apple and the NFL and the NBA and everybody else who was, who was ignoring the obvious, you didn't, the, the death of George Floyd was horrible. But Martin Jean's death was just as horrible. Trayvon yep. Martin's death is just as horrible. Mm-hmm. Mary Garner's death, Tamir Rice, all of these, Sandra Bland, these people's death was just as horrible. But guess what? We still participated. In the We're economy. not participating anymore. And so now mm-hmm. you got the NFL players saying, like, we might not even show up. Because the NFL players are now 
had to learn how to survive on not getting paid right now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I could do this. You know, I could do this for a couple of years. You know, you have other people, prominent figures, who 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 may not spend, but they promote spending in the black community. They're now saying, I can't do it. So now you have to show that you're you're remorseful until we start to until we start to participate again, and then after that, the narrative is going to go back to where it is. That's it why I feel like we goes. should yeah we should we should we should keep uh, just like he had his foot on their neck. We should have our foot on their neck for at least eight hundred and forty six days. Mhm. And you know what? I say it all the time. Our money is the most powerful, and when we start to actually instill that in all these goddamn black minds, they don't understand what we could do for each other. And that's why when I go into, like, I'm in this group, right, and I guess they started it, uh, like, a, you know, like last week or something, um, the black entrepreneurship, like, group. So I had joined the group, and then people, I saw people like, oh, thank y'all for supporting, like, people were buying things and everything like that. But now I see in the group it's just a, oh, follow for follow, and y'all supporting people not buying shit. People actually refunding things, like, to get their money back and shit like that, you know, filing disputes when they receive the items. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, y'all don't understand. If we just really put as much fucking money into each other as we do all these other fucking businesses, we might actually be able to build some shit. Yes, like, I don't understand. Like, why is it so we, hard? Like, Because we're oppressed. We're socially engineered to be this way. We're socially engineered to be this way. That's why it's important for the narrative to change. I'm happy that I'm seeing so many uh, influencers changing. The narrative is changing. So, you know, but it has to continue. The narrative has to continue to change, you know. I'm not I'm not convinced that the NFL is genuine, but at the moment I'll take that as a win. It's not a complete win, but it's a partial win because maybe the narrative can change because that's right. the only way we're going to stop the oppression. And I just because we I want us to be like you said, why can't we come together? Why can't we be, you know, because we're oppressed. Mm-hmm. Our children, our children when they go to school, Black History Month is about this is this this is deep. Black History Month is about us trying to fight for our freedom, and the motherfuckers that did it are all dead, and we still dealing <laughs> with the same shit today. That is not a Thank story you. of victory. That is not a story to be proud of. It's a story of depression. It is a story that incites PTSD and, de- and a defeated attitude in our children. Because you know Malcolm X did great things and he died. Martin Luther mm-hmm. King did great things and he died. And then when they walk outside the classroom, the same shit that they was fighting for, we're still dealing with today. So they died for nothing. How does that spark a feeling of victory and pride in yourself? Right. Harriet Tubman did all of that, and you still got black people that still feel like it's better in the house in, on, on the slave plantation than it mm-hmm. is being free. So, and our children are very intelligent. They're very cognitive, and they understand what's going on around them. They may not be able to express it, but they understand. So they go to school, and they learn Black History Month, which most of the time is slavery in the Civil Rights era, and we still didn't win. 
You know how you felt? I don't know if you watched the Marvel movies, but you know how you felt I do. after Infinity War? You know how you felt after Infinity yes. War? That's how our children are made to feel every fucking February and every fucking day that we talk about black history in this country. The way, that's, that's, a perfect, that's a perfect analogy for me. How you felt after Infinity War is how our children are made to feel every fucking day about themselves. Mm-hmm. No bullshit, how though. Damn. Ex- how do you expect a people that feel that way about themselves to unify and to bond mm-hmm. with each other? You can't because wh- where is the pride? What's the pride? Every person that we have in positions of power, their flaws are paraded. Some of them rightfully so. But some of them, what the fuck? Like Martin Luther <laughs> King, he cheated, on, he, he cheated on his wife. Yeah. Fucking, fucking Donald Trump got baby mamas. What the fuck is mm-hmm. he talking about? You follow mm-hmm. what I'm saying? People, you know, Obama was gay. I don't give a fuck. So, None it's like we parade our flaws, right? And parade we, but we parade our flaws, and we, 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 we destroy each other, and we allow them to destroy us for flaws that are everyday human, you know, human mistakes. I'm not talking about pedophilia and rape and all other shit. That's something else. I'm talking about just, you know, a man a man being unfaithful, a woman being unfaithful, a man being, you know, enticed by the money and he do a little something under the table and stuff like that. That's human condition the things that happen that everyone does, right? But right. for some for some strange reason, our people who their pros far outweigh their cons. We are a lot. We we allow ourselves to not to destroy them because they have some confidence, right? Yeah, I don't agree are. with everyone. I don't agree with everything that Sean King says. I don't agree with everything that Dr. Uman Johnson says. I don't agree with everything that Louis Farrakhan says. I don't agree with everything everyone says. But there's certain pieces of the things that they say that I do. Agree. That makes sense. And so I will support them on those things. And and because of those things, if I'm needed, I will be there. Now, when you start stepping out of the boundaries of what I'm not going to support, then I'll be like, okay, this is where I draw the line. I helped you as far as I can. Now I got to bounce. But at least I contributed to a side of who they are because that's what we need to do. We can't expect for our leaders or just people, period, to be perfect. We got to stop asking for leaders, period. They They know how to get rid of movement. By killing the leaders, we need to immediately, just, need to, and they did that, and they, they done did that so many times, man. They act like it's not a a fucking thing or something. Y'all keep asking for these people, these leaders, and the first thing they do is kill them because they know what can. The biggest fear they had was this, Navi. I swear to God, the biggest fear white people had was us doing what we're doing now. They they actually were afraid that we would one day actually realize the fucking power we have if we all stand up together. This was their biggest fucking fear. And we making it their reality. I say we don't lose gas, but I also say we don't lose sight of what the fuck we really fighting for. Because that's what happened with the civil rights movement. Martin Luther yep. King's message was never moving next door to the white people. His message was never about getting a good job. His message was about being treated as a human being and having mm-hmm. America admit, having America admit 
and acknowledge that what they've done to black people in America was wrong and there needs to be reparations, there needs to be a restitution, there needs to be an, 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 an accountability behind it. That was the message. Once he was killed, the message became money, 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 and assimilation. That wasn't Martin Luther King's message. He understood that you can't assimilate, but he was saying that my black dollars, if I'm going to go to this restaurant, I want to be able to sit at the counter with dignity, right, as everyone else, because I'm still paying the same three twenty-five that everybody else is paying, and I'm not going to go through the back door. His whole message is about dignity. Now, although I associate more with Malcolm X because of his his pure dedication and his past and his and how he be, he started as a criminal and he turned out to be a king. Mm-hmm. So I associate with him more because that's who I am. You know, I started out as one thing and I became something else. And mm-hmm. for me, it's like. As people, we have to see that growth in each other. But again, we're oppressed. We are taught at an early age that we're worthless. And our mm-hmm. history is a history of defeat. We try to find, this one, we try to find victories in fictional things. Like Black Panther was so important because it was once in all of the movies that we've ever seen where we were victorious, where we didn't have to, you know, we saw the example of what we could have been had we not been enslaved. Yeah. And I we just had God, a little bit like of, that too. yeah, <laughs> we had a little bit of, you know, because, you know, Wakanda or Vibranium was basically our, our version of white privilege. Yeah. Because through Vibranium, we were able to be more advanced, healthier, powerful, People mm-hmm. do same thing with white people. You know, because of their privilege, they're able to be a more healthy, richer, powerful people. It has nothing to do with their actual abilities. Because T'Challa, without the flower and his superpowers, he got his ass whooped. Yep. Did he not? Beat you the fuck up. He Look, got his ass toe off. <laughs> so... <laughs> So again, it's this is what this is where we are as a people, and I could feel bad about it. I could be like, we ain't shit. No, we are oppressed. Mm-hmm. We're still oppressed. The oppression yep. hasn't changed. The oppression, the oppression hasn't changed to the point where it has. It doesn't have the effect. The oppression has just become more, more subtle sometimes, but then also too more calculating. So. We're looking at it, and because the narrative changed, where it's about money, 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 that's why you hear white people say, why are you complaining? You know, like, they don't understand why somebody like LeBron James or someone else would have a say-so about racial injustice because they have money. Because why? they, too, feel like if you got money, you should be fine. It doesn't matter how rich I am. If I'm still oppressed, I'm still oppressed. Mm-hmm. And I still feel it. Yes, my money would allow me to live in a bigger house and maybe in a nicer neighborhood. But guess but what? But that ain't gonna stop you getting followed around in a fucking store. No, but... and, and and the nicer neighborhood actually is gonna predispose my children 
to racism. That's why when yep. I moved down to Dallas, I was like, I need to move in an area where it's diverse. I went to see mm-hmm. the school. It's, it got to be diverse. It has to be diverse. I don't want my children going to a school where they are a minority and then yep. white people that are a majority. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. I went through that. I went through that. I'm not going to do that because I had to whoop ass every fucking day because <laughs> someone kept saying some shit. And when I was younger, I, you know, right now people say whatever they want about me. I don't care if I have a problem with physical aggression. But back then, I had a problem with physical aggression. you talking shit. you looking at me crazy. That's when my mother sent me to military school because I had a problem with, I had a problem with my temper. I had a horrible temper. And then my stepfather, who was, uh, you know, a Green Beret and a martial arts expert, he told me how to defend myself since I was five. So by the time I was 12 years old, I was a problem. So my <laughs> mother was like, you're either going to go to jail or you're going to go to military school. Because that's what she saw me going with. It. Because mm-hmm. you say something crazy to me, I'm going to this all-white school and they saying a little slick shit under their breath, and I'm whooping your ass. And because mm-hmm. I'm trained how to hurt people, you know, it wasn't just a, a regular ass whooping for them. And so the yeah, teachers put some like, motherfucking work in. And I was like, what, what is this little black boy is doing? So my mother was like, you need this. You got to have this. And, 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 I, and I thank her for that. But, again, we, we oppress. You know, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have to go through that as a kid, right? Nope. I shouldn't have to go through that. But I did. But does, right? does that go to show you what they teach their kids, though? Yeah, of course. I just can't imagine what they do at home, what they say at home with the kids hearing this and thinking it's okay. Because if you think about it, of course, kids follow what their parents do. You shape your children. So whatever you say and do is what they think is gospel. So you hear your white mother in there talking, nigga, 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 you might have black friends. You start to feel guilty about having black friends because you think something wrong with them now because you don't heard your mother talk all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Then you start to do it. And I swear, I can't, I can honestly say, I have, like, I, I don't, when I went to school, we didn't have white kids. We had one. It was always one at a time. You feel what I'm saying? It was never more than one. <laughs> never more than one. We only, only only deal with one, one of you motherfuckers. That's, That's it. That was yeah, it. We only deal with one of you motherfuckers. That was it. Yeah. Like, it was like yeah, as soon but... as one left, one came, and they was always military kids. They never lived in the neighborhood. We had one who lived in the neighborhood, but he ain't make it to high school. He ain't die, but he just, he was a thug. He was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was. Yeah, I mean, you. Like, yeah, but. He, he, he was a thug, and, like, he called him White Boy James and shit. Like, he, yeah, like, he was just out there. He grew up in the neighborhood, but those other kids who came to Baloo, they were military kids, so they were only there for, you know, an advisory or so, then they gone. You know what I mean? Like, it was never more than one white person in our school. Yeah, you know, poverty doesn't care about color. You know, living all over the world, you know what I'm saying, we look at our ghetto and our slums and stuff like that. I'm going to tell you something. Don't you have your black ass caught in a in a uh, Paris uh, ghetto after the sun go down? That's some real you know what I'm saying? Don't you don't you have your ass in 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 the Czech Republic in one of the ghettos when the sun go down? Don't you have your ass in an African ghetto and don't nobody know who the fuck you are? See, mm-hmm. the thing is that we've been trained to think that our our poverty is 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 specific 
directly to us because we're black. Poverty is poverty. Mm-hmm. But if you are, if your if your government wants to run and rule its people without very little effort, then you create classes, and you see it in the black community. You have us who middle class or upper class or rich, and we look down on the people who aren't, and we say, why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? And I, like I said, the west side of Chicago, I know a lot of people from the west side of Chicago, and they're not involved in drugs. It's a lot of good people on the west and the south side of Chicago that go to work, but they just, they're not middle class. Like, they have jobs, you know, they, but they're not middle class. They're not upper class. You know, they're just prisoners in their own homes because law enforcement refused to solve the crimes. Chicago has a 6% violent crime resolution rate. Can you imagine if you only did your job? Six percent. Can you imagine if you only did your job at a six percent success rate? You would have forty-eight hours on the job, and they would be tipping your bag. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, Ebony, we like you. We really do like you. You're a good person. Yeah. Your energy and everything, but it's just not working out. Yeah. You're missing ninety-four um, percent. You're missing ninety. You know, you're missing ninety-four percent. And and in the interview, you said you could do the job, and we believe you. We gave you chances after chances because we want to believe in you, Abby, because we like you. You're good. Uh, and so, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, we're gonna have to let you go. Don't have to imagine that to your desk. Don't have to worry. We have someone already packing your things, and we'll mail them right. to you. Um, just, you know, and uh, Billy is gonna walk you out. Okay, and we wish you all the best, and we know you're going to land on your feet. On your future endeavors. On your future endeavors, and we know you're going to land on your feet because you are a wonderful (laughs) ebony. Right. That's Mm -hmm. what will happen to you and I. But Chicago Police Department, they keep getting more money. They keep getting more weapons. They give you more upgrades without solving these crimes. That's why you have the shootings, because if you don't solve the crimes, if you don't lock up, the shooters, they continue to shoot. It has nothing mm-hmm. to do with, oh, my God, everybody's, no, you're not locking anybody up. Nope. They you're not trying it. to solve they the crime. Shoot. The three-year-old that got killed, how you don't find that shooter? And then, let me tell you about this. The people in Chicago, if you ask a lot of the people from the hood who are doing the shooting, because let's keep it real. We know who's doing it, and we know why, mm-hmm. right? Like, why do you come over here and do the drive-by? And, you know, uh, Ray now fucking with old boy girl. Yeah. Or found so out. You know, or, you you know, know he was on it. But the, 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 the strange thing about it is nobody knows who's doing the shoot. They do. Yeah. I swear, I'm sick no, of this. No, this no, they this don't. They don't. No, no, it ain't got nothing to do with snitches. The shooting has no, there's no fucking pattern. It's like there's no, why would someone shoot up an alleyway when there's a bunch of uh, girls out there playing double dutch? Right. Why are you shooting? No, but I'm just saying, like, why are you shooting up a, a family reunion? And nobody at the family reunion has gang affiliations. That's it, fuck Why up. are you shooting? Here's the thing. Who's doing the shooting? 
Because sometimes I'm thinking like this, wonder if it's of per- this is some type of purge shit, right? That's Remember what the I first said. Purge the movie, they were shipping, they were shipping in the white supremacists to go in and do some purging. The police is going in and doing some purging so that mm-hmm. the numbers look good. Because all of a sudden, after people talking about Black Lives Matter, and all of a sudden Chicago was completely off the fucking rails. Yeah. You mean to tell me the streets got time to protest and shoot? Yep. They got time. No. And it's funny because did you see that half the motherfucking city was down uh, protesting with all them shootings and all that shit was going on? Yeah, so it's so, like, so damn, who so. Doing the sh- who doing the shooting? The fucking police. Just like I said when we Thank first you. started talking just now, I said them police is in the fucking neighborhoods doing this shit. And the worst thing that could have happened was them fucking body cams. They was killing people. They were the ones putting bullets in people's heads, leaving them in fucking alleys, leaving them in fucking cars. And guess what? Did they find the shooters? No. Because they the fucking shooters. Yep. And that's I don't give a fuck what nobody what? say. A lot of these motherfucking shootings, all of a sudden, they catching a lot of motherfuckers because it's actually motherfuckers who, you know what I mean? Like, they, they motherfuckers, man, let me shut the fuck up, you know? <laughs> All I'm saying is... Every crime committed in a black community is not always the motherfucking black community, and that's all the fuck I'm gonna say. That's all the fuck I'm gonna say. Every crime in a black crime in a black community is not supposed to be solved by us. That's not our job. And if it's supposed to be our job, then they need to license us, arm us, and train us to do it. Yeah. Stay the fuck out of the black community. That's it. If you expect we'll to do it black on yeah, calling it black on black crime is basically telling us that you need to solve it. Mm-hmm. So if that's what you expect us to do, then train us, arm us, give us the licensing, and you stay the fuck out. And also, too, stop shipping that shit in here. Yeah, stop bringing it to us. Come yeah, on yeah, now, now think about it like this. Here. Come on now. How they get military-grade weapons, dog? That shit don't just fall out the sky. You can't just go to the motherfucking corner store. I'm talking about, I ain't talking about just an AK. You can get an AK from anywhere. There ain't no motherfucking military. I'm talking about motherfucking... 50 cow, goddamn bazookas and white. Shit. Niggas got bazookas in the hood. Motherfucking grenades <laughs> and shit, these motherfuckers. Yeah. How they getting them? Because somebody, man, fuck that. I don't give a fuck what nobody say. Everything is being brought to us for the very fucking reason. Let me tell you, okay? They could not stop us from having civil rights, okay? They could not stop us. The civil rights movement gave us those those civil rights, okay? And when did that happen? During with the 50s, 60s, and then the 70s, it started to slow down a little bit, but you had the Black Panthers in the 70s. You know what I'm saying? You had all of that. But look what happened during the end of the 70s, somewhere around the beginning. What came into the black community all of a sudden? Crack cocaine. Crack came into the black community. And then you know, they made, what came, they made it wasn't cocaine. That. You think the people were sniffing cocaine? Then people couldn't afford cocaine? Cocaine they is expensive as shit. They made movies about what happened. They, you know, starring Tom Cruise and the dudes that play Hawkeye. They made movies. They actually told the truth as to why the black community was, and the black and brown community was filled with drugs and weapons. They made movies about it. These motherfuckers got awards telling that story. Exactly. Yeah. So all I'm saying, what the fuck happened? They're bringing it in. It's always been that way. They say, oh, we can't stop them from doing this. Let's do it another way. Let's do it this way right here. Let's let them kill each other. 
maybe if we do this, we're going to put these drugs in their hands for the money. Watch them start stealing from each other. Watch, they, they, they set things in place for us to take ourselves down because they can no longer do it in that way that they were trying to. And the, the fucked up part about it is poor people need money. So you flashing, crack, that's good money right there, bruh. Heroin, good fucking money, y'all. Huh? You got people making hundreds of thousands of fucking weeks selling this shit. Okay, and cool. I mean, I'm talking about you know crews and shit like that. You you got money coming to fuck in. Poor people who have never had anything see this. Oh, all I gotta do is sit on the corner and sell a couple of rocks to a few people. All I gotta do is that, and I got five hundred dollars in an hour. I got a thousand dollars in an hour and a half. I got two thousand dollars in two hours. That's it. That's How do you expect fuck, a, who the fresh people to not take advantage of that? Who wouldn't choose it? Very few people That's, would not. And I'm just saying. I mean, if your education sucks, which it does in the black community, your education sucks, um, you're oppressed, your opportunities are limited, or you can't, you can't, you know, rely on banks to help you fund black enterprise. Right. Yeah, um, they find every so reason not to give you a loan. You know that over ninety-eight percent of the black businesses that apply for that PPP loan was denied because it was sole proprietorships. Wow. Yeah, that's why we didn't. We didn't you know, some of us got it, but majority of our, what do you say, over forty percent of black businesses are going to shut their doors for good. That's horrible. That's, that's a lot. With all that money. To bail out a billion-dollar industry? Wow. Yeah, exactly. So all the trillions of dollars being passed around, and now they find that these white people that pull frauds. One white guy had $1.6 million given to him. He didn't have a business. I saw that. He didn't have a business. And then he bought, he paid off his house. He bought a Tesla. Somebody going to ask me. It was like, was that a a black person or a white person? I was like, ain't nobody buying no no black person from the hood buying no Tesla. What's wrong with you, (laughs) I love Teslas, but I have yet to see. I was about to say, I want a Tesla. I ain't going to lie. Look. I do too, but <laughs> you know that's a white person. He paid off the house and bought a Tesla because there wasn't You know a white person did, did that because we wouldn't have did yeah, that. Yeah, it was a black guy who did, did it, and he bought a Bentley. I was like, that was a black. That was a brother. He oh, the dude from what so, you call him, Love and Hip Hop, right? Yeah, yeah. I was like, he did that. <laughs> that was a brother. He, he, he bought him a Bentley. Yeah. Uh, you know, but so you knew he was seen you know, on the side. We creating this shit. Look. <laughs> I knew. It was just, come on now, come on now. now there's some things it it's might be stereotypical, but some it's things it's just like, I can see straight through that. He bought a. Listen, he bought a band. He said I can see straight through. He had on gold jewelry. Yeah, that's you, bro. Come on, bro. We're that's him. That's a dude. But, and that's what I'm saying. We need to change the fucking narrative. Goddamn. Now I will say, back in the day. They used to walk around in their suits and shit like that and dresses and everything. It ain't for everybody. You know what I'm saying? Now, I ain't knocking nobody for how they dress. I like to be comfortable, honestly. I'm not really a girl's girl, like all girly and shit like that. So some jeans and a T-shirt is just fine for me. I swear to God. I'm just starting to become feminine <laughs> in my 30s. <laughs> so it's just like I'm trying, you know, but it's like if we start, I mean, if we got to change certain things, 
not for the benefit of a for society. You know what I'm saying? Just to change this narrative, like how you knew that it because the Bentley, you knew it was a black dude. You know what I'm saying? Because we do shit like that. We ain't going to say, oh, he went and bought a house. So we're not going to say, oh, that was a black. You know what I mean? Because why are we not set up to do certain fucking things? Pay the fucking been, bills off. We've been, we've been taught. Well, here's the thing. Again, we have to accept responsibility for our acceptance yes. of being uh, treated as, you know, second-class citizens. But at the same time, we have to we have to start seeing ourselves as individuals. Yep. And that's how we become, that's how we can at least, because until the oppression stops, the healing won't begin. But at least we can start to try to patch up some of the leaks. Uh, but we have to start to see ourselves as individuals. Since we've been in this country, we've all, for the most part, 99.9% of the black people in America were slaves. So now that narrative continues. So if one of us do something that's bad, we all oh, do. Now, yep. what you see, racism, racism and white supremacy has the option of saying, okay, if you're a thief, all of you are thieves, but if one of you do something good, it's just you. Now, with white mm-hmm. people, it's different. If one of them is a serial killer, it's just that person. But mm-hmm. if one of them do discover some cure, the white man did it. Yeah. So, but but that's white supremacy. White supremacy <laughs> affords them that 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 you know that that that, that special privilege. <laughs> but we as black people, we have to afford ourselves that same special privilege. You know, yes. the dude that the dude that shot up, you know, just you know, the the corner, that was him. That ain't that got nothing to do. That wasn't had nothing to do with, you know, and you know, we but in the same thing. You know, the guy who, you know, discovered the cure to COVID. He's black. Black man, the black people did that. Black magic. We have to have afford that same privilege because yep. if not, then what? What are we doing? What are we doing? Because we feel ashamed no, we, when one of us. We feel ashamed when one of us fucks up. But I don't feel ashamed that R. Kelly is a degenerate bastard. I don't feel ashamed because I ain't got nothing to do with that. That's on him. I'm gonna speak out against it, and that's it. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna feel responsible for him. I'm not gonna right, feel responsible exactly. for anyone else. That is that is their that is their choice. They didn't come and ask me, right? Tom Kelly didn't come and ask me. Hey, now nah, you think it's cool? Stop fucking with little What do you think? You think that's a good look? Nope. He didn't come and ask me that. He made that decision on his own. That's another thing <laughs> I tell people: like, stop supporting, stop supporting these celebrities <laughs> that don't consult us. Like they go out and do fuck shit. And then they want us to support them after they get caught. You didn't come and uh, and, and and talk to the black delegation about the shit that you want <laughs> no. to do. You didn't tell they didn't ask me about robbing that motherfucking liquor store, my nigga. No, you did not. No, like and you didn't. You didn't come to us and say, "Hey, you know what? I'm gonna go to the White House and call Donald Trump my daddy." How do y'all feel about that? Do y'all think I should do it? Yay or nay? Can the black delegation that vote on this? But then after he do it, and then he get turned, he get turned around. He want to come back to us and be like, "I need your support." No. No, that's you, bro. That's all on you. That's all on you. You didn't consult me. You didn't consult me. You made that decision, so don't ask for my support when they when the white people get in that ass. That's just that's just how I see it. Because other than that, we we taking responsibility for people's actions that has nothing to do with us. 
Nothing. You know, like I, I cannot, I can't. You know, yes, there's a lot of killing going on in the black community, and it needs to be solved. But guess what? Ninety percent of that is organized crime, mm-hmm. and that is not my responsibility to solve. I don't expect you to solve it, Ebony. I don't even expect the organizations that go to the black community that marches every weekend that never get the national uh, exposure. Like, you know, when a police officer kills somebody or we're marching because of police brutality. There's people marching and doing things in a black neighborhood every day, and they're trying their best to solve things, but it is not their job to solve crime. That's why we have police. And if the police are unable to do that, they need to leave and get somebody in there that's willing to do it. I'm not saying that we don't need some form of law enforcement to solve this crime. You'd be stupid to think that. But we need the right type of law enforcement, law enforcement that is there to solve the crime, period. You're not there to just drive past and let Or get in on it, on the action. And get in on it. No, no. If you're going to be a police officer, white, black, blue men do, police do it, right? And don't be passing judgment on the streets. You are, as a police officer, you're not a judge and jury. You're not there to detect. You're not there to figure out who's guilty or innocent. You're there nope. to detain so that that person can have their day in court. Yeah. That's the problem. And we sometimes the sad part is can't even make it to fucking court now. You can't yeah. get it. We don't yeah. get our day in court. But it, it's like, it, no. yes, the court is unfair. The court is unfair. And nine times out of ten, you're going to get railroaded in court. But at least let me have the opportunity. Yeah, let don't me get a kill me. Don't, don't kill, kill me. me. Yeah. You know, kill me. You just judge dread me. That's what you're doing. You just dread me right here because I ran from you. You know, that's, that's And that's what issue. I don't get. People always say that. You said ran. Bruh, he's running away from the men with guns. They have the guns. This motherfucker don't ran off. Not away from them. That does not mean shoot. Because you can't catch them, you should kill them. Yeah, that's basically I don't understand it. that. And, and the sad part, nobody's thinking about it like this. Uh, Doy, why do they send them to training? Why should they be a certain weight? Why should they not be overweight? Why should they not? Yeah. They should be able to run. They should be able to you have know, lung endurance. A lot of people don't notice that police officers are trained to, look, to view citizens as the enemy. The same way that soldiers are trained to view the enemy as the enemy. Police officers are viewed to, to, to view citizens as threats. That's their training. Yep. And they are trained. They are trained to approach you as a threat. But the difference between a soldier and a police officer, a soldier accepts the fact that he may not come home. They want to come home, but they know when they're going to fight, there's a strong possibility they're not coming home, and they're okay with it because that's their patriot sacrifice. Well, however, whatever reason they decided to join them, the military, whether it's for education, they had no other choice, patriotism, whatever it is, once you go through your training, you have accepted the fact that I'm willing to give my life for the safety of my country. Police officers, on the other hand, they're not trained like that. They're trained to get home by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. So there's a difference in that caveat. So you were, and you know, a police officer, they loot, you know, construction workers, construction workers die more than police officers. You know, the number one killer of police officers, car accidents. 
Wow. Not, not know people that. killing them. Yes. A construction worker, <laughs> construction workers die much more often on the job than a police officer. The reason being is because ain't nobody out here really trying to kill cops. Because we already know what the retaliation side of the game is going to be. Right? You're not going to get mm-hmm. away with that. You're not nope. going to get away with that. And the people that you love are going to pay for that. Mm-hmm. So you might shoot a cop or something like that and kill him, but your mama, your girl, your baby mama, your kids, your side piece, your boys, everybody going to pay the price for that. Yep. So, you t- you know, so it's just like people don't go after the mafia. People don't go after, people don't go to L.A. and be fucking with the bloods and the crips side of the game if you really ain't plugged. You're not doing that because, you know, the retaliation ain't just for you. No, it's going to be some other people that's going to pay for that. It's going to be some other people that's going to pay for that. So it's the same. But, see, the police officers have a worldwide or nationwide network of motherfuckers. So you might do some shit in Chicago, and you might try to run Atlanta. They got your ass in Atlanta, too. So ain't nobody really out here. And the people that kill cops are more white people. White people, yes. they put bullets on the cops They get the opportunity, but, you hear me? But, again, a police officer's job. The police officer's job was probably most dangerous during the prohibition. These yep. are facts. This is not, you know, the prohibition. When alcohol was, was prohibited and they had the mafia was coming up and the Irish mafia, the Italian mafia and all this other stuff and Bumpy Johnson and all that it was doing anything. During that time, Yes, because a lot of those police officers were getting killed because they was a part of the game. They weren't just innocent police officers not standing, you know, doing their job the right way, and then they got popped. No, they were motherfuckers that was a part of the game. Yep. So, and they they crossed the line, or they decided to go unconscious. They did something, and then we, we, had to, we had to pop you up. So, police officers' job, although they put themselves and they're dealing with criminals all day, and I, and I sympathize with that because your entire day for 8 to 12 hours, you're dealing with the worst that mankind can give you. You get mm-hmm. murders, domestic violence. So I get it. That shit is a lot. It is a lot. I watch my father, uncles, my friends come home, and their spirit is just dried the fuck up. I get it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, as a police officer, that is a job of choice. Yeah, you, you can't it. with it. Quit. You can yep. make more money selling you 